Rinkrats, what's going on? Welcome. It's been a while. It's been about 10 days or so. My name's Andy Campbell, and welcome to Season 7, Episode 5 of our uh, Chicago Rinkcast. Excuse me, Episode 6, I believe, that we're on right now. Um, at any rate, welcome, welcome. We're here to talk about the Hawks. We've got a huge and great agenda tonight, and we've got some of the golden smoothies as well as the regulars here. So welcome, fellas. We'll start with, uh, with Jeff Osborne. Gate, how are you tonight? How's our favorite goaltender doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm done fighting with Brent Sopel, but I'm good. Excellent. Excellent. That is that is excellent. The electronic electronic communication with lovely Brent. It's been entertaining to read. And the Bardo. How are you, Andrew Bard? What's going on tonight? All good. How's it going? We're still here, man. We're still here. Sean Fitzgerald, the fan is cutting off your Cubs hat, but you're looking good, buddy. What's new and exciting in your world? Uh, I did enter a new decade of life. Uh, I did Join the uh, 40 and over club. So I guess I'm a golden smoothie now. I'm not sure if that's what you're referring to. I don't know um, what I was doing. I, I just... tried to, I was going to dye my hair like this for tonight's podcast, but Aww. I decided, uh, you know, I wanted to keep the toner ink in my printer. So kind of looked like Luke Richardson in that pitch. There you Actually. go. <laughs> You don't look a day over 29, Sean, looking good. Oh. So, and I said 29 because now we're going to introduce our 28 year old, Eric Andrews. How are you doing this evening, my friend? Card collector extraordinaire and content editor. What's up? Uh, just trying to recover from uh, some Twitter disagreements about the great Jackson Stauber. Oh, God. Which which <laughs> I will have. I'm working on a piece about the curious True. case of Jackson Stauber. So. Yeah, folks, if you're on the wrong side of that argument, you know, I, it's time to find a new hobby, by the way. Let's just throw that out there for starters. Hockey might not be your thing. Just saying. And uh, asking if you're related to someone apparently is an insult. Just letting everyone know that. So Okay. Noted. All right. Well, anyway, folks, we got a good agenda for you tonight. We want to talk about a few things. We want to start off with the 2010 case that um, un unfortunately is back in the headlines again. We want to talk about Connor Murphy, Blackhawks defenseman Connor Murphy, who's not off to the best start. Um, then we want to touch base on the rookies. I want to touch base on Bedard, Reichel, Korchinski, and maybe Kaiser if we feel like it. And then let's go around the league for a little bit and see what's going on. We don't know what's going on with the Edmonton Oilers. They are brutal right now. Patrick Kane's name is keeps resurfacing. A lot of talk about net guards with a recent incident. So we got a packed show for you, which will be great. But we're going to start off with what's going on with the Blackhawks in the news right now as far as off the ice. And it's not great news again. Uh, the news that there is another uh, plaintiff. Um, suing the Chicago Blackhawks um, for their negligence in um, in the Brad Ulrich incident in 2010, um, a sexual assault case. This plaintiff has said that he was abused by Brad Aldrich. This is another hockey player that is known as one of the Black Aces. What are the Black Aces in hockey? They are players that travel with the team during the playoffs that are uh, not rostered. They're uh, rostered in Rockford, but they travel with the team and they practice with the team. And then they wear suits in the press box um, all for a good experience. And in 2010, it actually ended up being a tragic experience um, for at least two of these people, uh, Kyle Beach being one of them and John Doe. So this is in the news again, folks. It's awful. 
Um, it's not good. It is a cruel reminder, as uh, Mark Lazarus tweeted the other day, while we're all trying to celebrate a new beginning for the Blackhawks and Connor Bedard jerseys are flying off the shelves. Just a reminder of a, of a very dark past. But so I guess what I wanted to open up the floor for discussion is, is a lot of this is uh, uh, people are talking, want to know if there's going to be additional punishment, want to know what's going to happen in this case. And a lot of uh, accusations that the NHL failed to punish the Blackhawks accordingly and referencing other punishments, most notably the Ottawa Senators who lost draft picks re recently for something completely unrelated. And um, anyway, a lot of tough emotions about this as something of this nature will always bring about. But Shawnee, you, uh, you talk about this a lot. Um, you and I have certainly been in conversations a lot. What's your take on what's going on and what is going to happen out of this? So I think, uh, John, so John Doe number one was named in the Kyle Davidson, uh, original lawsuit. He was a witness. He was also named in the block and Jenner report when it first came out or he was, his alias was used John Doe number one. So he was a part of this. It wasn't, um, it wasn't like uh, his story wasn't known in the, the block and Jenner report. Now um, I think he's the player is probably in a good headspace right now. And like Kyle beach was in order to bring this lawsuit. And I think the course of action, the NHL is probably not going to do anything else because there's no new um, it's nothing additional to uh, what the block and Jenner report initially uh, revealed. Um, I also think in the collective bargaining agreement between the NHL players union and the owners that there's only a, that you can only fine organizations monetarily for off the ice issues. So that's why um, the Blackhawks and other the Blackhawks didn't lose draft picks and things like that. Uh, I've been trying to confirm that fact, but I had the CBA is so long and I haven't uh, had the time to read all of it. Um, so and then Emily Kaplan said in her most recent article on this that um, she does not believe the NHL is going to levy any more fines or any other punishment against the Blackhawks. But she does raise the point that the return of Stan Bowman, John McDonough and Joel Quinville to the NHL. Is getting a lot murkier now yeah, that other players are coming out and saying that right. Kyle Beach wasn't just the only one and that this player also reported it. More people knew about it. So, yeah, I think the one thing that's going to hopefully the Blackhawks will settle with this young man. He'll he'll hopefully find his peace and uh, be able to resemblance of some what of a normal life of experiencing this. And then. Hopefully this puts the nail in the Joe Quinville, Stan Bowman, ever coming back to the NHL coffin. Yeah. I think they should be never allowed to come back to the NHL. Yeah, I think that that that's pretty good analysis, Sean, and thanks for that. Now, now, just to refresh your memories, folks, the punishments for the the people that were involved in the Chicago Blackhawks, the Chicago Blackhawks were fined $2 million by the NHL. And anyone involved who failed to act, John McDonough, Stan Bowman, and Joe Quenville have been removed from the NHL. And Sean, to your point, that might be permanent now. Yeah. Um, there might not be any coming back for those folks. So that was the punishment levied. Bardo was the punishment at the time. Just, and maybe there's no punishment that is ever going to, you know, ever make anyone feel good about this. But 
do you see the Blackhawks facing additional punishment? Um, or is this going to settle outside of court, as a lot of people are suggesting? I think it's going to get settled outside of court. And I think, you know, if, if I believe Sean is accurate about the, uh, the the CBA, I don't think there's going to be further punishment at all. And and I think it doesn't surprise me that another <clears throat> plaintiff has has, uh, has stepped forward. Wouldn't surprise me if, you know, down the road, a third, maybe a fourth. I, I just think it, it could continue, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the punishment is, you know, is over and done with. I don't think there's anything they can do other than settle and hope it goes away. Um, but really, really, that's it. I mean, it's an unfortunate situation, but I just don't think there's anything further that the the NHL can do. Yeah, I, I mean, the further punishment is the Blackhawks will probably be paying. Well, yeah, and I think what what I think yeah. I think the allegations and and you know whatever it is, I mean, it's punishing the brand because right now I don't think there's anybody left in terms of, you know, and that's including on the unfortunate passing of Rocky Wirtz, who's left, who, who was there yeah. at that time. Right. So it's like well, you're including any of, the, any of the players, they're all gone. Yeah, it's, it's like when the NCAA ends up, you know, suspending a program, you know, or giving them a, um, what do you call the it? Death a penalty. Ban from, yeah, a ban from postseason in 2030 when there was something that happened in 2020. I mean, no one was there at the time. So it's like, why, why are you making these kids suffer? Yeah. So I think the brand is already going to be further stained, but I, I just don't think there's going to be anything like a loss of draft picks or anything. No, Maybe there's well, a fine, but I highly, highly doubt it. No, and I'm going to turn to the gatekeeper on that gate. There's a lot of yahoos out there right now saying, well, you know, that's not fair. The Blackhawks should have been punished with draft picks. Now they've got Bedard. They should have never been awarded Bedard based on this. Talk to me, buddy. Well, I mean, if, if, if there was going to be more punishment, it would have been monetarily. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't have been, you know, draft picks. It would have been something they were, they're not going to take something away that, uh, you know, that basically takes, takes away from the on ice product for something that is not an on ice situation. That's just not going to happen. But the same yahoos that are out there screaming and yelling about the Blackhawks didn't get enough punishment. They're just sore asses because Connor Bedard ended up on the Blackhawks. Like yeah. we said before, if it was Adam Fantilli and they picked him second overall, they wouldn't be complaining about this. They're just right. complaining because they wanted their team to get Connor Bedard and Connor Bedard's with the Blackhawks now. Now, if you really want to get mad, let's look at Kevin Day off. How come he's still in the league? He was part of yep. the, the Blackhawks front office when this yeah. stuff happened. Right. He's still a general manager in the NHL. How come no one has is in an uproar over this? How come you don't hear about it every time there's a punishment? How come Kevin Chevaldeoff's still in it? Because no one cares. No one truly, really cares about Kyle Beach or John Doe number two. They don't. Not these people that are yelling on Twitter. There's other people, I'm sure, friends, family, and people who don't even know them but do care. There are people who care. But those aren't the ones who are out there screaming and yelling and making a big deal about this. The people that are screaming and yelling about this are sore asses on Twitter who complain about everything and don't really care about what's going on. That's just the bottom line. That's what's going on. And the, the second part of it is, like Shawnee said, this is all stuff. This is not new information. The only thing new about this is it's a new lawsuit. It's a lawsuit because this player wants yeah. compensation, and he damn well deserves compensation. So oh, let yeah. him get it. Yeah. But it, this is not new. This is no new information that came out. This no. is all the same stuff that was in the report. It was all well known. And at the time, all these people who were going to be in an outrage didn't say anything about, well, what about John Doe number two? Did he get his justice? Nobody said it. Yeah. Nobody said it. So, Mark, uh, there's, there's by the way, Mark Bergeron, 
Mark Bridgman got to keep his job too with Montreal. Yeah, and now he's and now he's senior advisor to the general manager of the Kings. And he was the AGM who replaced Shovel Day off when he left. Excellent so. point. And these are all these are all points that if you really cared, you'd be screaming about these things too. How come Kevin Shovel Day off still in the league? How come Mark Bridgman's still in the league? Nobody really truly cares. They just care about hating the Blackhawks. And fine, you want to hate the Blackhawks, hate the Blackhawks. But this is not this is stupid. It's a dumb argument. It's just stupid. You know, they, they this guy deserves his compensation. Let him have his peace. Let like like Sean says many, many times. Let Kyle Beach have his peace. Let John Doe number two have their peace. And Brad Aldrich, he could burn in hell. I mean, honestly. Yeah, uh, the, the, the guy's a, a piece piece of crap. So like that that all being said, like that, that's just the bottom line. That's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, the guys that knew are gone. And the guys that, in a sense, passed the trash, basically letting Aldrich move on with his life and move on to other avenues of hockey where his habits continued and he harmed more people. Yeah. And then he was arrested finally, as a, and now he's a registered sex offender. Yeah, which is bad. Eric, do you have any thoughts on this matter at all or any of the you know, as far as additional punishment, things that the Hawks will be facing, how this may unfold. Yeah. I mean, I would just echo a lot of what you guys said. Um, really the only thing I would add is kind of going back to the, the outrage online about people saying, well, they should have, you know, they should lose draft picks. Now they should have lost them before. Um, yeah, that's, you know, and you guys kind of t- touched on this, but what's important to remember is again, you know, this is an off ice situation that was, purely hurting the Blackhawks organization. This was not detrimental to other franchises in the league. That's why you're seeing the Senators getting punished in the uh, Dodonov situation is because that had an effect on other teams in the league and it was related to the competition within the league. Whereas this was something that was off ice, purely in-house with the Blackhawks. So it's not affecting anybody else in the league. So that's why there's no, uh, you know, competitive uh, punishment in that regard. So um, I think that's just, you know, something that people kind of need to understand is that, it, you know, it, like you guys said, it, it's eyes versus off ice. It's a completely different situation. Yeah. And for, for those of you that, that don't exactly know, you know, what, what was going on with the Ottawa senators were just punished uh, by the NHL and were punished a future first round draft pick, which will be in one of the next three drafts. And I believe that the senators get to choose with that is they were trying to trade a player named Evgeny Dodonov, and they were trying to do it to, to get to a cap threshold. They tried to trade him twice without properly notifying teams of his 10 team, no trade clause or his 10 team, no trade list. Cause he had a modified no trade clause. And the last team that they tried to trade him to in Anaheim in 2022, the deal was already done, and they failed to tell Anaheim that no, Anaheim was actually, one of the. They were one of the teams what on it the was, yeah. He actually ended up getting traded to Vegas, and he right. got traded to Vegas. Yeah. And when 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 the no trade uh, came through, there were questions that were asked: who was on the no trade list? Whether it was a ten. And it wasn't properly, I don't think it was properly vetted to Vegas. So then no. Vegas tried to, Vegas then tried to trade him to Anaheim. That's and what happened. Anaheim was on his no trade list. On his no but, trade list. But Vegas did not un- understand that, that Anaheim 
was on that list because they were not made aware of it. Yeah, because Ottawa That's did not disclose that yes. information, yes. which they were responsible to do. Yes. And in the league bylaws, that is punishable by the loss of draft picks. So it's a it's a like like we talked about, it is a it's a transactional issue. So you know, this then, whole this whole yeah. well, the Blackhawks should have been punished draft picks. It's just a we're talking about apples and oranges. Here. Oh, oranges, yeah. I mean, that's right. And Arizona got punished several years ago um, because their general manager at the time was putting players through extra perspective draft picks through extra workouts, which was illegal, according to the CBA. So that's why they got punished draft picks, yeah. too. So it's it's all on the ice stuff. Like Eric said, the competitive advantage. Right. So, you know, so at, at any rate, a very just a very sad story um, that that continues to be around. Um you know, I, I do hope if there there are additional plaintiffs and, um, you know, that they, they come to a point where, where they have to, the courage to, to go after the Hawks about this, that they do it. Uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a terrible situation. Like, it's awful. It, it's it awful. Just, it's, it, you don't want your kid to go through anything like this. Like, oh. it's just horrible. You, it, it is, really is. Like, I, I have, like... I just feel horrible about it. It makes me ill. Like I didn't wear my Blackhawks stuff for a long time. And now I probably won't wear it again for a while. Just because like, how can I proudly go out there after knowing what they did? You know, that they kind of just put winning ahead of it, uh, of of ahead of these people's lives. Uh, uh, You know, it's, 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 it's not good. Well, that's why also Quenville and, and Bowman is, are not going to be in the league probably anymore because I don't think they have their kids. No. You know, you there's, have to trust them, you know? No. After after this after this second suit, I don't think there's any coming back. No. For any so. for John McDonough, for Stan Bowman, for Joel Quenville. And rightly so. Rightly mm-hmm. so. I, I think that's it. And if if Joel Quenville, because of this, forfeits his spot as a Hall of Fame coach, if he's not inducted into the hockey hall of fame, uh, so be it. You know, that's yeah. just kind of the way that it goes. So yeah, yeah, there was a there was a lot of missteps and a lot of people and yeah and not 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 to retract back to what I was talking about, but there's there's people that are still in the league that were part of that. And uh there's not a lot of outrage over that. So Yeah. No, that's for sure. Well, good luck to uh John Doe, and we mean that sincerely, and uh hope this works out for you and all the props to you in the world for having the courage uh to tell your story and uh and to seek justice for it so moving 100%. on yep 100 so moving on to uh the 2023-24 chicago blackhawks uh the rebuilding chicago blackhawks want to talk about a player uh real quick and open up with uh, in june of uh 2017 the blackhawks were in cap shedding mode as they were for so many years under the the guidance of uh, stan bowman who we just referenced to will no longer be uh, will not be welcome back to uh, the NHL anytime soon. And it's not necessarily because he was a lousy tactical GM, which he was, <laughs> but along the, but along those lines. Uh, so they traded Nicholas Jalmerson, a fan favorite, an absolute dynamic defender, the man who uh, was very beloved in Chicago to the Arizona coyotes for Laurent dolphin. Everyone remember that guy. Ooh. And- and Connor Murphy, who you all know, Connor Murphy now, I believe, six or seven season with the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, Connor Murphy has an A in his sweater. Wait, Connor- wait, wait. You forgot Lori Koprovsky. He was in that trade, wasn't he? Lori Koprovsky. 
cool. Yes, I'm right about that. I am definitely right about that. Okay. He, confirm it for me. I'm okay. going to confirm it. All right. Google, the price of knowledge is cheap. Google. Um, I will Google. At any rate, Connor Murphy, locker room. Here, here we go. Locker. I'll be just very honest about him right now. Locker room character guy has an A on his jersey. He's 30, 30 years old right now. The media loves him because he's a gentleman. He's got a good sound bite. Ladies and gentlemen, Connor Murphy stinks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, why, why don't we just come out and call it? What Next it topic. Is? Connor Murphy stinks. I mean, like, well, I don't. What are we? We spend so much time and energy talking about Seth Jones and talking about, uh, oh, Wyatt Kaiser's not ready and then the D and Vlasic Latrina and all that. Connor Murphy's just been dreadful. And has he ever been good as a Blackhawk? So let's discuss. Eric, I want to know what Eric's thinking. He's not He's not at that marination point, folks. He's going to get there. <laughs> but he still probably has thoughts on this. Connor Murphy is, what, like minus nine right now? He's taking horrible penalties because he's not moving his feet. He's crap. Talk to me. He has had a very rough season. There is no question about that. Um, I would say – Throughout the course of his time with the Blackhawks, there have definitely been some years that have been better than others. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, uh, probably a little bit more bad than good. Um, I think it's also, you know, somewhat important to keep in mind that he's never really been on a competitive team in his career. So there is kind of only so much he can do. But um, yeah, I mean, you want to cheer for the guy you want to root for him. He's a good guy. Um, everybody likes him, but uh, yeah, I mean, he just has not had a very good season this year at all. Um, and I feel like now that we're kind of starting to get to that point with the, with the Blackhawks where things are at least trending in the right direction, you know, clearly building in the right direction that uh, that's kind of becoming a little bit more apparent. Whereas, you know, the last few seasons, you know, well, Maybe he wasn't great, but I mean, nobody was like everybody was bad. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's 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 tough, and I do think that this year has been probably his worst with the team so far, for sure. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll give him credit that he played eighty games last year, was which is the most most that he's ever played, you know, in a in a Blackhawk uniform, and he stayed healthy during a tank year. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I I guess that's good, but. You know, I mean, I, I, it's just, it's very frustrating. I mean, I don't, the other thing too, is that I don't necessarily see Connor Murphy as a bargaining chip at any point for a trade. Is Would anyone get anymore. be interested in Connor Murphy come the trade deadline? I mean, I, I think, I think a couple of years ago, we were kind of looking at it as being, you know, he was one of their better assets because he still was, you know, a little bit on the younger side was cost controlled and you could at least see you know, the skills that he can provide. Yeah. But in the time since really all that's happened is he's just gotten older. Um, so, I mean, right. the value is definitely diminished at this point, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, a couple, a couple years ago, there was definitely talk about, should they move him? Should they try to cash out on him? Um, you know, whereas now I don't know that you'd really get much more than like a mid round pick for him, but well, even I mean, going I... back, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say when um, when the trade first happened, even though it was it was very difficult for people to accept and uh, kind of move on from 
you know, franchise icon like Jalmerson. I mean, I'm as big of a Jalmerson fan as anybody. And uh, even though it was hard, you at least understood it because Jalmerson clearly was at that point where it's like, okay, like he's just, he's, he's gone at this point. So the fact that they were able to at least get, you know, a, and a legitimate NHL defenseman for him that was young Mm -hmm. and could kind of play a similar type of role, albeit not as effectively, but still a similar, you know, kind of filling that hole. It at least made sense. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously since then it's kind of just gone downhill. You know, and the Arizona fans thought that, you know, that they totally fleeced the Blackhawks getting Jalmerson. And unfortunately Jalmerson, I, I, no one wanted to see him go. I don't think anyone knew how close to the end of his career that he actually was. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't know, Gabe. Do you have any thoughts on Connor? Does anyone? I mean, let's get some banter going. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm very frustrated now that you're, you know, we're basically paying a guy to hit the cap floor. I mean, it's four point four million dollars a year for Connor Murphy. I mean, I don't think anyone would spend that money on Connor Murphy. Well, I mean, if the Blackhawks, you know, retained, maybe. Um, I mean, the problem is, and, and this happens in a lot of trades, is he's compared to the player he was traded for, which is Nicholas Johnson, which is one of the best warrior defensemen the Blackhawks have ever had. Like, it, that's a high bar to hit. What was Connor Murphy? He was probably a good middle pair defender, uh, you know, when they got him, decent. Uh, <clears throat> since then, he's just a guy. He's a defenseman, maybe, you know – a three, four, or, you know, three, not even a three, maybe a four, five, six guy. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, bottom I even, of the, you know. I'm done I mean, comparing yeah. him to Jalmerson. Like, I don't even, I, that, that, I never really did that. I just, you know, I mean, no, ultimately, but, that trade was a guy for a guy, ultimately. Um, yeah, but you're going to get that because they gave away a fan favorite that was, you know, who he was. You're going to get the same thing. Like they trade Kirby, but Kirby Doc, the guy who's going to always get it. I mean, it, it's 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 hard to, to do defensemen and forwards, but you trade you you trade two defensemen, for, one for each other. Like they're going to get compared to each other. They're just, oh, for they're sure. Just the way it's going well, to be. and and at the move at the time, it was like Andy said in the open, you had to get younger and cheaper, yep. and that's what they were trying to do. Right. So yes, you, you Sam Bowman was trying to bet on potential of Connor Murphy, who was younger and cheaper than Nicholas Jalmerson. Um, and then last year at the trade deadline, teams were like, okay, am I going to take Jake McCabe, who's a little bit older, but for about the same salary for about the same amount of years, or am I going to take Connor Murphy? And mm-hmm. everybody chose uh, Toronto chose Jake McCabe. So that shows you his value. Well, remember also – well, I was going to say, Bowman was also trying to keep the championship window open at the time, too. So yeah, right. To, well, yeah. and it, it was the Bowman special. Like, you yeah. get a guy, you have no idea if he's any good or not, and you resign him. He did that with Artem Anisimov, Connor oh, Murphy. Yeah. Like, those are two guys that he paid as soon as he got them. Yeah. And you had no that was, idea they were any good. That's our boy, Jekyll, man. He, he brought that up several times about that. Like, yeah, that was, what was Stan was, doing? Like, he's trained for these guys, and then he signs them to long-term extensions before they even hit the ice for the Blackhawks, and then you find yeah. out they're, they're bunk, and then you can't yeah. get rid of them. That's yeah. right. You know, that's a lot. No, of I'm not, I'm not going to go on this. Uh, I'm not going to strom out on uh, Connor Murphy here. 
for example. Like, I'm not all of a sudden going to just start freaking out every time I see him on the ice. I think it's just – You mean the Washington Capitals' leading goal scorer, Dylan Strome? <laughs> right. Says everything you need to know about the Washington Capitals right now. <laughs> Dylan Strome. Hey, he could be on the San Jose Sharks, if, all right? If you're, if you're wondering worse. why the Capitals are not good this year, look at who their leading scorer is. Um, yeah. At, I mean, at any rate, I just – I think it's just one of those – you know, we, there's two more years after this one with Connor Murphy on the roster for, uh, you know, four, four and a half million dollars. And, and he, I don't think he's looked worse than he does right now. You know, I he's mean, 30 years old. He's going to get hurt again. What um, are they going to do? They're like, who's there? They don't, they, they're going to have to spend money to replace him because the young oh, yeah, I mean, he's, they have in the system aren't, aren't ready to replace him yet. No, he's on and he's untradeable. He's just going to be there and I'm getting impatient and annoyed. That's all. Here's a question. Fun to watch. He's here's a question at the end of the season. Is he a buyout candidate? Is he a buyout candidate? Who uh, are you going to replace him with? That's there's nobody in the system ready to take his spot. No, but I mean, nine, it, would, it, would be nice, it would be nice if you start gaining traction. I, I think this is this offseason, you know, I mean, he's going to be coming back. You're not going to be doing anything with it. But I, the following season, when the team starts to get better and there's traction and there might be a UFA market where there's some attractive assets and you're still saddled with. It's going to be pretty annoying. And by that time, he might be a sixth defenseman. You know, well, well, thing, you're you're paying four and a half million dollars, and he's never been on a winning team because he can't be on a winning team because he's not good enough to be on a winning team. But let's just say, let's just say, for argument's sake, that Kaiser somehow turns a corner and he starts to, you know, you know, develop a little bit. Vlasic continues his progression, and then you have Phillips up here who's made an impression. That's three guys who are more or less defensive defensemen guys. I mean, are you gonna? Is that a reason to not try to maybe buy out Connor Murphy? Because you have the cap space. You still need to hit the floor. And think about it: in like three or four years, they have how many assets? So you could package Connor Murphy and so many of these draft picks to move them off your books. So you could do that. You're right. I think it's. I think a better to buy him out. Better. It's a better option to retain half his salary. Because if you're going to buy him out, you're going to pay for him anyway, and you're going to pay for him right. double the double the That's term cool. that he's got left. So what you do is you, you you retain half of his salary, you send him to some team where he could be a third pair defenseman or number seven defenseman for two million dollars. A guy with a lot of you know he's got a lot of miles on him, on him, but, but he's experienced, um, you know, and everyone's looking for he's that. Experienced, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah I mean, he could be a number seven. He could be a you know I I, I know but, I I'm going to use this term lightly, but he could be a, a mentor to a younger yeah. guy. Just Let me clarify that 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 is obviously the the best option. I just don't know if that's if somebody's going to give you anything for him. I mean, even a fourth round. Pick. You don't have to. All you got to do is like they have how many draft picks? You literally can. You literally like how did they move Brian Bickle's contract? He gave up Tavo Teravainen. Now yeah. you have draft picks that you could, which is a horrible deal. Stan Bowman special, but you have draft picks now that you could package with. Connor Murphy to or you to trade him or you launder him through Arizona like everybody else does. Like there's going to be a way to get rid of his contract. Or you yeah, I mean like, half the salary like Gate said. Um, I think you can only retain two, and they still have Jake McCabe for another two years on the books. So you got to at least wait two years if you're not going to retain somebody else and trade him. Hmm. I Sorry. think there's nothing that's untradeable there. anymore. There's nothing that's untradeable anymore. Really, Brent Seabrook got traded. Like I mean, you're exactly got right, I mean, every uh, there there, no, are, there are so many contracts out there that should have not been traded. It should have been untradeable, and they've been traded. 
Yeah. You know, hey, at least Arizona won't have to print up a new Connor Murphy jersey. They'll just bring out the old one. <laughs> when they launder, you got to get the Kachina one, the Kachina jersey. Yeah, I don't think he ever wore that one. I still have a Slava Kozlov one. Not bad. For for the record, uh, Lori Korbrakoski or whatever Bardo slowed down our conversation for. I don't even know if that person exists. No, he does. He's on the Dallas Stars now. I, I get my Lori's and Lawrence all mixed and mixed up. So yeah, he was awesome. with the Rangers, Coyotes, Oilers, Stars. Hey, it's like Gerald. It's like Gerald and Gerard. You know, you get a yeah, you know, Gerald and Gerard happens all the time. I pulled a Sean. Yeah. All right, well, Connor Murphy's aside, uh, let's let's do some rookie check in here. Let's start with the Corchman. Corchmania is here to stay, folks, for the first year. Uh, Woof. Yeah, he he's struggling, uh, to say the least. Defense is not his thing yet, um, but he is past. He's burned through his nine games. He's at eleven games, so he will be with the Chicago Blackhawks for the rest of the season. No. I think Eric well, and I touched they on could still Eric, send him back. They can right, still send exactly. Him back. They can, yes, they still can send him back. They just burned a year of ELC. He burned a year of his – yeah. So he's he's now a, a – yeah, he's still – now he's got two years remaining on his contract after this year, no matter what they do with him. Um, One one thought, and I, I want to throw this out there. I actually think – does it make sense to at least loan him – to Team Canada for the World Junior Tournament. Thoughts on that? We will go with Eric. <laughs> I think the only way I could see it happening is if they get to that point on the calendar and he has not been playing well for the Blackhawks, doesn't have any confidence, and is kind of looking lost out there, and they want to give him the opportunity to regain that confidence while still being able to have him come back. Um, you know, like we were just saying, if if he is in over his head at that point and they send him to Seattle, well, he's gone for the rest of the season. He can't come back. But if they just loaned him for the World Juniors, then he would come back to the Blackhawks after that. So that's really the only way that I would see that happening is if he's just really right. struggling at the NHL level, needs to regain his confidence. Maybe they say, well, this is a good opportunity for him to you know, play some dominant hockey and get that confidence back. And then he can come back here and see where he's at. But, um, you know, even if he's playing how he is right now, I don't see them being willing to take that risk. Really? Huh? Interesting. Not after what happened to Kirby Doc. Nope. See, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd worry about that. I mean, you're playing hockey. Yeah, but the, the, they took a lot of shit for, our, for what happened to Kirby Doc. And they don't want to have, I mean, they got enough negative PR on this organization. The last thing they want is Kevin Korchinski to go out there and, you know, rip up his knee or whatever. Like the chance that that could happen for him not playing. Like, I, I, I don't know that the bang is worth the buck. Well, I mean, I he, could, he could very well do that if he goes back to Seattle too. So well, I think well, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to. Yeah, so you're saying he's here to stay. I, I think, I think the thing stay. about – I was gonna say, I think the thing about Doc is that people saw him much more as a as a franchise savior than what they see Korchinski as. So I just think that you know people panicked. He broke his wrist, whatever. It was like, oh my god, this was our one young big time player that we're trying to develop into, God willing, the next you know Taves or whatever it is. 
And I, I just feel like people, ha- I, I think people had too much stock in him and were, were freaking out about his injury. Because like you said, the injuries can happen whether he's playing in Seattle, Chicago, World Juniors, or on the moon. He could get hurt. He's playing hockey. Yeah. So, or walking down the steps at a concert. Exactly. Yeah. And Or, or you Crawford. Know. So, yeah. but, but, Brian, but Brian I think, Leach getting out of a cab in New York, slipping on exactly. it. Exactly. So I, I, just, I just think people, you know, I, I don't think that's going to be a concern. Um, I think people freaked out a little bit because of, you know, what they thought and what they hoped Doc would be. Well, and and the the Blackhawks compounded the issue by rushing Doc back. Right, like they shouldn't have. He shouldn't have played because um, he. I believe they said he was playing with pain. He should have been pain free. Like if he was, as Bardo yeah, said, so was, so much right. of a savior. Like they should have. They should have treated him as such, and they didn't. They rushed him back because yeah. they needed something for that season because they were still trying to win because it was still in the quote-unquote championship window, even though it was firmly closed, in our opinion. Um, but I agree with you, Andy. I say send him to the World Junior Championship. So. Why not? Let him it. go dumb. If, if anything, it just helps. Maybe he comes back with more confidence in his game, where or maybe the things he's trying to do at the NHL level that aren't working necessarily, like positioning or things like that, he can work on with competition that's more his skill level. Look, if you're eligible and you have an opportunity to represent your country and you get asked to do that, why not? I mean, well, that's true too. The Blackhawks yeah. aren't the Blackhawks aren't winning anything this year. If he's gone, I don't know how long he would be gone for. I'm, let, let me just guess. Let's just say roughly a month. What? That's fine. It's it, it, honestly, it opens a door for somebody else to potentially take a spot. Not take a spot, but I'm just saying develop on the NHL level. Yeah, maybe maybe we get a look at Nolan Allen. Or yeah, Nolan Allen. Isaac Phillips or one of those other defensemen down at Rockford that maybe has earned the opportunity to get some time in the NHL. I just don't see the downside. I mean, injury risk is not a downside to me. It's not even a factor because you could, he could get hurt tomorrow, God forbid. But yeah. yeah. And hopefully this coaching staff knows that like, if he suffers a major injury, that there's no need to rush him back. Yeah. And quite frankly, this is experience for him to play at a high level I mean, he played last year, I think, in, in the World Juniors, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, and I, I don't remember if he was on the top pair or not, but um, but this is an opportunity for him to maybe be that top pair guy. So, and playing meaningful games. Meaningful games. I think that's important for a kid's development. So let him do that. And that's a confidence booster to me. So I, I would I would say let him do it without hesitation. It'll be interesting to see – I mean, it's been done before, and not just by the Blackhawks. Yeah, I think it was the Oilers, I think, did it with Jordan Eberle one year. Um, the Hawks did it with um, the defenseman Jeremy Colleton hated, and ultimately shipped out of town. Who? Yoki Haru. Yoki oh, Haru. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They cut his minutes and then sent him down to the World Junior Championships, and then sent him to Rockford when he came back and never played yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Let's um good good thoughts on that, and we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe they will. Um, let's shift gears to Lucas Reichel. Lucas Reichel, it finally got a point. Still looks lost out there, doesn't he? Um, Gate. It, can Lucas Reichel turn it around this year at all? I mean, or, or is this just going to be? Are we just going to see a lost a lost dog? 
play 80 games and get 15 points. I mean, I don't uh, even even his, I mean, his assist was a was a second assist. He was, you know, he was in the zone, but I mean, it really didn't. You know, he didn't no big flash or anything. Yeah, and then they put him at center, and now he's not at center, and it's like they're just yeah, struggling with the guy. At this point you know in time. Like, yeah, yeah, like this this whole he's got nothing left to prove crowd is killing me because he does have something left to prove. Uh, he's yeah. got to, he's got to prove that he's actually an NHL regular. Like he he hasn't proven that yet. So why is he being thrown in the lineup like that? I mean, we said it last year when he was, you know, he had that little stretch where he had a bunch of points. He's the best Blackhawks prospect in the system at the moment, blah, blah, blah. You got to be able to play in the NHL. You got to be able to hit the corners. He's not a physical player. He's having problems with that. He's not playing, you know, he wasn't playing center in the NHL level. He's playing center in the AHL level. They're just screwing with the guy. Like, I don't understand why his development is the way it is. Uh, they're playing around with him. They're dicking around with his minutes. They're dicking around with his position. Like they're not doing this guy any favors. They're not putting him in a in a position to succeed. Now they're going to get to a point where they're going to probably have to send him down. And when they send him down, it's going to be because he's bad, not because it's doing him any good. It's because they can't do anything with him at this level. It's going to be a last ditch effort. Like well, it's I, getting worse. Yeah. What, what I don't, I guess what would be a position for him to succeed with this club though, right? Now? I mean, I don't, there's what nobody. I mean, yeah. right now, if he's not playing well, send him back to Rockford, like yeah. send him back Where to Rockford, he... let him play meaningful minutes. They got a good team down there. Let him go back down there, get a little bit of confidence back. If you want to bring him back, bring him back. But like right now he's just floundering around out there. Uh, he's, he's, he's basically invisible. Yeah, uh, for almost every single game he's played. Um, Didn't they do that with like, Brandon Sod? I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, except the center part. But I mean, Brandon Sod got sent down. Um, you know, he came up and was a little bit of a hot shot, and you know, he had some early success. Then went into this huge slump. Looked completely lost out there. I mean, look, physically he was more mature than what Reichel is right now. But I think you know, sending him down was probably the best thing for him. No. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think. It, I, I mean, will they do it? Will they actually send him down though? I yeah, think. I it, it, and then who? And then who comes up? What weapon? I don't think. I, oh, I mean, they don't have a weapon. They 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 yeah, would they have don't have a weapon. Like they're gonna they're gonna call up Anders Bork or or Bjork <laughs> or whatever his name is. Oh, good heavens! They'll call up Gates guy so he can play some minutes. There. Maybe they you know. I don't know. He's. He is lost. He gets checked off the puck, especially when he's stick handling, trying to go to the net. He gets bumped off the puck. Like he's got a, I don't know, maybe Anders Sorensen can figure something. Sorensen can figure something out with him, rebuild his confidence a little bit, yeah, and he can him. come back up. Yeah, feed him. <laughs> well, I mean, that was his coach last year when he was, you know, playing well. Yeah. So put him well, back on the really when, when, he came, when he came up last year, you know, mid-season, he did pretty well. I mean, people were but talking there was, about there was also there was also no expectations on him last year. Yeah. Like there was expectation, but everybody was still focused on Kane. Everyone was still focused on Taves until Kane was gone. Like there was other veterans to shoulder like the the spotlight. Now it's Reichel, Connor Bedard, Wyatt Kaiser, Korchinski. Everybody we're talking about him. Everybody else is talking about him. 
It's it, we're not focusing on Ryan Donato or or Corey Perry or any of those guys. We're focusing on all the young guys because we want them to take the next step. And maybe that's just too much for them. And Reichel's and first game in wing. Reichel's first game of wing this season was against Florida, right? If, if I remember correctly, I mean, he actually looked like pretty good. He looked more relaxed. I mean, he was sort of initiating the play. I mean, granted, like you said, Shawnee, is that he kept on getting pushed off the puck. I just think it's going to happen no matter where he plays because he just needs to spend a, a year in the gym. But, um, but yeah, I mean, look, maybe wing is – it's less pressure. I mean, it's less responsibility. Maybe that's – I mean, we've all said it, that that's probably where he should be. So maybe that's that's just where he needs to be. But well, Tyler Johnson the old adage, The old adage, too, like the league has seen him now. Like yeah. he did well. The league had not right. seen him. Now the league's seen him. Now he's been around. Now he's a name. Now everybody knows who he is. Now they know he's not a physical player. He could be pushed off the puck. Like – he was, a, he was kind of like an enigma. Nobody knew really much about him when they brought him up before. Now yeah. that he's been around, he's, the expectations, people, they've had time to prepare for him. They've figured out that, you know, they, they figured out that, you know, this is how you defend him, and yeah. it's been working. This is how you defend him. It's <laughs> 5 140 I, I, I soaking wet. Right. I want to be enigma. Hopeful. I, I, I do want to be hopeful, but I, I, he's just not creating out there. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't. Nobody loves his line mates. I mean, there's really no. I mean, if if A two is your center, um, you know, I mean, that's obviously. And he matter. he already got sat down because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing no. out there. So, no, I, I think mean, that I, guy I played center less than uh, Reichel has in his career. Yeah, he's not a center. I mean, they should put just put Tyler Johnson there. For a, yeah, I mean, I we player. did we did say on a podcast very early in the season that at some point you are going to see Reichel on Bedard's wing. Um, why not now it's probably time to do it i i mean i and i don't know if that'll solve anything i mean neither one of them are these physically dynamic specimens that are going to go win puck battles you're definitely gonna i don't have think felino out there with them with one of them yeah i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna help anything i don't think you're you're not opening up anything what is he doing like you said he's not creating anything so mm -hmm. you're just putting him on there because he's a, he's one of their top prospects it, that that's not a good reason to put him out there. You know, you got to put him out there. If you're going to put him out there on that first line, you got to put him out there because he's going to do something. Not just because he's a guy who you drafted in the first round and that's where you think he's got to go. And that's what's happening here. A lot of people are just penciling him in on that line just because he was a former first round draft pick. That's not how it works. Like he, mm -hmm. you have to create something. You have to do something. You have to be dangerous. Like he's not, he's not been any of that. No, he's been he's been pretty disappointing. But at a certain point, it, it might be worth a try. I mean, I, because I know, look, sure. neither neither Bedard. Yeah, I, mean, I would I would definitely try it. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, look, look, when Kane and Taves first came up, I mean, neither were physically and you know imposing. I mean, Kane never became that way, but Taves still was. You know, that guy had the weakest shot I've ever seen when he was a rookie. He looked like he was like laboring when every time he took a shot. Well, I mean, um, if, if you do it, if you try it, it's not like you're screwing up the chemistry of all the yeah. other dynamic lines they have. Yeah, and it's not a permanent thing. I mean, you could do that and put somebody who might be a little bit more physical on their wing to maybe, yeah. you know, create some space. But, I mean, it's it's not a permanent thing. I don't know. Sure, the middle of the game, you yeah, throw them out there. But thinking you're just going to throw them out, I, I, I don't really honestly don't think it's going to do much. But, sure, if you want to try it, go ahead. But well, don't, I mean, like, I don't, don't expect that you're going to, that it's all of a sudden going to unlock. Let me tell you this. something. 
Yeah. Look, if it you gets know? him to actually score, it gets him in a rhythm, and then you could maybe move him around because eventually you'll need to spread out the scoring. I'm okay with that because at least it gets his What's scoring, and then just let's have. Well, honestly, I mean, I, what, I don't. What's we, scoring? We just saw exactly. 11 games of Lucas Reichel, and he's got a secondary assist. All right, yeah. he's he's in the minus, but everyone's going to be in the minus on the Blackhawks yeah. this year. Every single forward that's going to happen. You give him ten, you give him ten more games, and if he has two assists after twenty-one games, you got to send him back send down. Him down. You yes, got to one hundred percent. I mean, I I think you, you give him the next ten, and almost kind of a hey, let's see if he can. And if he maybe he comes to life, I don't know if he if he gets three goals in ten games or gets six points in ten games, something of that. Of that level, then you go, okay, let's let's keep it going. But um, but he's he seems like he's running low on time to prove something here. I mean, eleven games and nothing to show for it. Their schedule, God, their schedule really doesn't get any easier. I mean, the you know, the Panthers are gonna get them because they're gonna be mad. Um, and then Tampa's just flying around right now. Yeah. Um, even though we kind of thought they were gonna dip a little bit, I haven't really seen too much of that. They get all uh, well, they're probably gonna get shut up by Matt Tompkins. Yeah, well, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. Who recorded his <laughs> awesome. first NHL win the other yeah. night, boys. Yeah, not bad. Now, we haven't really gone through a podcast, or if you're a real Blackhawk fan right now, you probably haven't gone through a conversation without talking Connor Bedard. And I just want to make one note of it that uh, – Alluding to Matt you know, Tompkins. I was like, whoa. Yeah, no, Ben <laughs> Ben Pope – Yeah, Ben Pope mentioned that uh, Bedard is uh, as the third longest shift uh, – shift minutes i guess you can say in the nhl he's staying out there for 60 seconds too long anyone worried about that i am not um not at this stage i think the only thing i just don't want it to develop is into a habit so i think that's really and and i don't think he's too smart for that so i think he'll adjust i'm I'm not really worried about it he's what 19 years old they they have so like remember 18 18 don't get me you were at 18 like you could, you could, you could Gerald be Gallant, up all night. Nineteen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, he was Jerry. But Jerry and I go way back. Um, I mean, they, they have to get him. Like they literally have to physically pull him off the ice at practice. So they're gonna try. Like you think he's gonna want to come off the ice during like a game? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's an issue right and now. And playing he's, down in juniors. Yeah, and juniors, he was also playing longer shifts, so it's just you know he's he'll if he was if he was thirty eight, yeah, maybe that's an issue, but he's eighteen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that was brief. Let's go around the league for a minute. All right. Let's talk about first. Let's talk about let's talk about Patrick Kane. Let's I just it. realized I'm going to be sixty six when he's thirty eight. So just so you know. I was at work the other day and people were like, yeah, in 20 years, you know, maybe we'll have flying cars. I'll be 60. All right. Piss off. So exactly. I digress. I say all that. Here's something to think about with the the whole Patrick Kane thing. He's going to be cheap. He's not going to cost a lot. I don't think it's necessarily. Well, well, here's the thing. I mean, I, I forgot who it was. I think it was Dan Rosen today. You know, start uh, wrote an article about the trepidation about signing Patrick Kane, and he actually had some, you know, legitimate background around that. Nick Backstrom had the exact same procedure done, and played. You know, the beginning of the season, this you know he he came back, did okay, went through all training camp, and is now hurt again, and it's that same hip that's bothering him. 
So he referenced him and he referenced Ed Jovanoski, who also had this hip surfacing or resurfacing procedure done at the same age that Patrick Kane just did. And they were pretty much done after that. Like Backstrom, I think everyone's saying his career might be over. Um, so with that is, is, you know, is Patrick Kane going to buck the trend here? Or, you know, I, I think we talked about even if he last year, we said even if he did get his hip fixed up, oh, when he gets back, he'll definitely become the highest scoring American of all time. And now now there's some nerves. Does anyone have any thoughts around one? If Kane, when Kane will go somewhere, where is it going to be? And will he be that same player? And let's go to Bardo is ready. Yeah, I, I'm going to give you a couple, couple, couple things on this one. So first off, enough with him going to the Blackhawks. He's not coming back. And, you know, right. especially given what recently just came out, the Blackhawks are an organization that are trying to move forward. He is part of the past. He was on the 2010 team. He had his own off ice issue. Um, we don't need Stop to relive wrong. that. We don't need to bring that up. So, Guess what? He's not coming back. There's no reason. We're trying to go forward as an organization. Um, that said, where does he go from here? I've been on the bandwagon of Detroit. I still think that he's got really that close relationship with Dabrinkit. Um, they're off to a pretty good start. Um, they've cooled off a little bit, but I, I think that it's still close to – I think he still has a home in Chicago, so – I think Detroit seems to make sense where he can reunite with DeBrinket, who I don't think he ever wanted to see leave Chicago while, while he was still here. So I think that's where he ends up. Dark Horse, I know he was there last year, would be the Rangers because they are having offensive issues in the uh, in the top six. So I know they're winning, but, you know, Kako hasn't done anything. He's been garbage. Uh, Lafreniere started off first week or two. Kako's been caca. Yeah, exactly. Lafreniere started off pretty well. I mean, he's cooled off a tiny bit. And that was real oh, bad. Yeah, that was really bad. Well, I could have, I could have, I could have said Enigma, Mr. Enigma, like uh, uh, earlier. Edward <laughs> Enigma. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Gate. Nobody cares. I get it. Yeah, Eric, where does where does Patrick Kane end up? When does it happen? And how is he as a player afterwards? Uh, um, I'll start with the second part first. I think the conversation that's been going on, you know, with the Backstrom news, and I'm glad that you mentioned Ed Jovanovsky. I heard an interview with him on NHL Network Radio, I think it was last week, um, and he was kind of talking about how that was almost like a, a last-ditch effort for him to even just be able to consider playing because prior to that, he was just dead in the water pretty much. So from everything that has been reported it sounds like his recovery has gone as well as hoped if not better than hoped mm -hmm. so in that regard maybe he can get back to being productive is he going to be as good as he was previously probably not um you know but i mean you certainly hope that he could at least be you know a, a serviceable you know middle or maybe even top six kind of guy um, whether that'll happen remains to be seen, of course, but as far as a landing spot and when, I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, the conversations are starting to pick up. Um, I, I think it was Chris Johnston wrote a, uh, a piece on the athletic today talking about that and how, um, he and his agent have begun those conversations with teams and are, are pretty actively, uh, pursuing those conversations and stuff, uh, as we speak. So, um, you know, I, I think it could definitely be, you know, sometime around Thanksgiving, you know, we could, we could see and hear something there. 
Um, as far as the landing spot, um, it, it sounds like, you know, yeah, you hear Detroit, you hear New York, you hear Buffalo, of course, but the two that kind of intrigue me the most, and I think might be the most likely at this point would be either Florida or Dallas, just kind of where those teams are at and, you know, what type of, you know, things they could use and where he would fit in their lineup and stuff. I think those would be good fits. And, uh, selfishly on behalf of Sean, I mean, if he goes to Dallas, it's basically like he's wearing one of those horrific Blackhawks St. Patrick's Day jerseys. Oh, there you go. I mean, I, I could wear one if you'd like. I have several. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I still think it's hilarious that people think that like there's any chance he would end up on the Blackhawks. Why no. would he come back from surgery to be on a last place team? Uh, that would just Do those be the people still believe the earth is flat too, or yeah, that's true. This is true. There are people out there who think that. So it's like he, he's going to want to go to a contender, and a contender is going to probably want to add him cheaply to the roster for a million or two to add him as a second-line or third-line player or whatever. The Blackhawks have no need for him, and he has no need for the Blackhawks. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense. Like, anyone who thinks that, like, it just doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't at all. Where would you like to see him, Gator? Where do you think he goes? I mean – you know, one of the contenders like Dallas or, or Carolina or yeah. something like that. I mean, I, you know, sure the Detroit thing sounds enticing, but I don't think Detroit's going to be hanging around long enough for it to really be something. I think yeah. they're going to fall off. I mean, yeah. Alex Debrinkit is having, you know, a, a legendary start, but like, I don't think that's going to, that's not going to continue. It's yeah. going to fall off. So, yeah. and they don't have enough around him to, to really be a contender. So, you know, it, the Rangers, maybe I don't know. Maybe he goes back to the Rangers, but it's going to be someone who needs someone like a middle six wing with a lot of uh, experience that can maybe mentor some younger players and pitch in a couple goals here and there. But he's not going to be the guy driving, driving their scoring. It's, it's just no. not going to be what it is. No, Carolina is a good call. So Carolina, like we've we've said Carolina for a while. That'd be a good one, Shawnee. Are you gonna st- st- you're sticking with Buffalo. I'm sticking with the Buffalo Sabres. I think, especially considering his hip and the Dan Rosen raising the questions you guys all talking about his hip, I think he goes to Buffalo this season to prove that he's healthy, to prove that he can still play. Signs a one-year deal with Buffalo, proves that he can still play. He's got his family there, comfort level there, and then he can go jump to a contender either next season or if he plays well enough, maybe at the trade deadline this year, Buffalo could move him. So I'm sticking with the Buffalo Sabres. I think it just makes the most sense. And that's one of the teams he's considering, especially um, with you just don't know. Like Dan Rosen wrote the article and I kind of uh, glanced at it. You just don't know if he's, if he's worth the investment. Like if the Dallas Stars invest in him and he's nothing, like you can't just release him. You can't, you can't bury him. You've got to play him. And what if he's hurting your team? With the Buffalo Sabres, they've got nothing to lose. He's got nothing to lose. If he rehabs his image, that he's a healthy guy, and then he could still play somewhat at the level that he was at before the injury, then he can go uh, jump to a contender next year. But I don't think – I think with the questions around his hip and what Rosen, Rose, Ray, Rosen raised in his article – say that three times fast. Easy for you to say. I know, right? That he – Yes, he's been skating and he's been doing stuff on the ice, but he hasn't taken a hit. 
He hasn't been knocked off the puck. He hasn't been yeah. put in the boards. Like, how's his body going to respond to that? And I think being on a contender, they're going to need him to at least play somewhat up the level he was. Buffalo doesn't doesn't need that. Probably the expectation isn't the same. That's why I think the Buffalo Sabres are, are where he's going to go. Good call. I threw a dark horse out on Twitter, and I'm going to throw it again. Boston Bruins. I don't. I don't see why not. If the Boston Bruins are calling Camp Kane, why he wouldn't think about it or do it? They can fit him under the cap right now. They shed enough cap over the summer. I mean, we're talking about a, a prorated one million dollar one year deal for a guy who'd be going to a club that is has the defense and has the goaltending well in place right now. Swayman and Allmark are as good as may actually probably they are the best tandem in the NHL. And right now, and I think that they probably will be for the rest of the year. This team is winning a lot of games three, one and three, two, and they're still winning and Montgomery has them going, but they're still lacking that offensive punch and he can do a lot. Um, He could, he could really help them out and get them to where they, where they really need to go at the end of the season. So I'm throwing out Boston local bias. Sure. Well aware of that, well aware that I see a lot of Bruins games and talk a lot of Bruins hockey around here, but I just don't see why not Boston. I mean, it actually just makes a, makes a lot of sense. You know, maybe he could just be one of those. I played for half original six teams, and wow, what a kick that was. So anyway, lots of options. So we've, we've reached an hour, but we want to throw out maybe one more topic. The Edmonton Oilers, what on earth is going on in Edmonton? McDavid got hurt, but he's back now. And they lost to Vancouver the other night. Um, badly. They, they lost badly. They six lost to two. badly. They lost badly, and McDavid lost his mind and actually went after someone. And um, I think that's because he didn't know. He thought he was losing to Delia. He forgot Delia was in the AHL. And, uh, <laughs> but he just he just went absolutely bonkers. And what they have, they've got two wins. Two and wins. What, what happens now? Five Are points. they coming back, Eric? Do they come back from this? They better hope so. But I mean, based on what we're seeing right now, I don't know how. As it stands right now, I don't see how it changes. You would you would have to make a trade of some sort. You would have to make a coaching change. You would have to do something because it's clearly not working right now. Period. And you know, to your point, yeah, McDavid was out and he's back now. But I I, I think it's still fairly apparent he's not at a hundred percent. So, I mean, there is that to, you know, somewhat consider, but it's not just, you know, it's not just that they're not playing well because he's not at a hundred percent. The whole thing is a disaster. Yeah. So something has to change if they want to salvage this season and it probably has to happen pretty darn soon. Oh, I want to see, I want to see this, this season go on the way it is. And I want to hear the trade rumors of, Connor McDavid asking out of Edmonton for next year, like, because it's going to happen at some point. I, I kind of hope that he asks out of Edmonton just for fun, I, just to hear. Like, it would be amazing. You know, the the amazing thing is, is that you know, since McDavid has come up with this team, they've either had bad goaltending, bad defense, or both, yeah. and now it's gotten worse on both of those sides. Jack so, Jack Campbell gets waved. Jack yeah, Campbell is gone. Stuart Skinner forgot how to stop the puck. That they are absolutely dreadful in their own end. I don't every, think every Jay, way. 
I think Jay Woodcroft should be updating his resume. Like yes. he, Eric said, like they could they make a trade or fire the coach. The first thing is going to be to fire the coach. That's all. That's yep. always the the reaction. You always fire the coach first because that's the one thing that you can control without getting another team involved. So and you might go for your coach. boy. Gerald Gallant might be the guy there. Yeah. Yeah, Gerald Gallant. Maybe they'll yeah, bring well, Ken, in Kenny, You never know. Kenny, yeah, Kenny Alpha Holland is going to have to Ken, – Ken Holland will have to fire the coach soon to yeah. try to save his own hide and hope that that, you know, changes things. Because if not, I mean, they're, they're in cap hell. Yep. Um, yep. And if not, I mean, he could be, you know, shown the exit. Holland and, Gallant go, Holland and Gallant go back to like their Detroit Red Wings uh, organization years. So there, there's a yeah big connection there. So that's that's a possibility. And I don't think he's coached – he hasn't coached the Oilers yet. That's, yeah. So that's a, that's a huge story in the league right now. The other story that is absolutely unbelievable is 12 goal, goals for Austin Matthews already, nine of which are even strength. Three hat tricks. Three yeah, hat tricks. Yeah, he's, he's he is he is yet to score tonight. Does he hit seventy? I I think it's going to come down. I, I, it has to end. Like, there's no well, way he's yeah. going to go on this pace. There's no way he's going on this pace. So I it'll don't slow, think he's he'll 70. slow down. But I, I but do he think could hit 55, 60 again. Yep. Anyway, that that's pretty remarkable. Now. There's one other thing going on that we said that we were going to touch on in the pod. Now, this could take a lot of time, and we have hit an hour. So we can condense some of this. Um, but at the I same think I know time, where you're going, and I might have something to add to it, so it may ex- extend it a little bit. Jonathan Huberdeau getting benched? No, I'm kidding. It's a little bit deeper than that, Sean. Anyway, folks, uh, you heard, um, you know, obviously a very – and it, it happened since the last time we – we potted a very uh, tragic and um, unfortunate incident in the NHL, or it was not in the NHL regarding a former NHL player. Um, yeah, the EIHL over in right, England. In London. Over in Britain. And, and yeah. I, yeah. Andrew, why am I blanking on Anderson's first name? I'm so sorry, folks. Adam. Adam, Adam Johnson. Adam Johnson. Sorry. Adam, Adam Johnson, former yeah, Minnesota Sean, Duluth uh, hockey player. I uh, was playing in the in the in in the British League. Uh, lost his life uh, due to um, due to a, a wound that he sustained from uh, a, a skate uh, cutting his throat. And if uh, if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't, don't. recommend watching it. No, um, it's no. everywhere. You can find it anywhere, but you cannot unsee it, and it's very graphic. And, um, and it raises so many questions, not about safety, but about the incident itself and, and the, and the player that how it happened and, and, and the collision itself. Um, so there's a lot going on with that, but what's, what's transpired recently now are neck guards and, you know, a lot of people wearing neck guards, USA hockey is going to be making a decision apparently in the next few days on whether or not to, um, mandate neck guards, um, up until the age of 18. So that's been rumored out there. But you've seen players like TJ Oshie. He threw on a neck guard pretty quickly. Wyatt Kaiser. Um, uh, who I friend- read somewhere that Patrick Line has been wearing a neck guard since he's been in the league, and no one has really brought it up. Hmm. Yeah. I, I thought it was a mock turtleneck, honestly. I thought it was a Thomas Placanic yeah. thing. 
Um, I didn't. I mean, but, it was a splash. And didn't Wyatt Kaiser train with Johnson in the offseason? They skate together, right? Yeah, and they both went to UMD. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then Reese, Reese Johnson today at practice was wearing an Eckhart. Hmm. Yep. Um, so there's, now, there's- I don't want to derail this conversation. I'd like to continue this, but I have some news that just popped up. Okay. Uh, breaking Jordan Everly injured by a skate blade cut to his leg in practice today. Oh boy. Oh boy. So this is just more Ugh. skate blade related injuries. But according to Brent Sopel, this has never happened while he, while he played, but I don't want to, I digress. Uh, but this happens all the time and it's happened a lot. It happened to Zednik. It happened to, you know, Larchuk. Like it, it happened happens. To it's his Achilles. Yeah, Eric it happened. And Achilles was severed. Like this stuff happens. They're you're wearing they're wearing razor blade sharp skates. You know, blades on their feet. It's going to happen. And I don't like. I don't get why there would be any outrage over it over like protection. Like they make huh, base layer stuff that is skate. You know, cut resistant. Just wear that. That's all you got to do. Just make it a mock turtleneck, and it's as easy as that. Why would? Anyone would make a big deal about wearing, you know, equipment that uh, that was uh, Kane, Evander Kane last year, Jacob Pro. Yeah. yeah. So, like, all these people getting cut, like, why just wear the skate resistant or the cut resistant base layer stuff? I mean, like, my kid, I, I had a conversation with him on the way to the rink. I said, we're probably going to have to get you a better neck guard because he has to wear it. The kids, like Wayne Gretzky said yesterday, um, the kids growing up all wear them. It's yeah. not a big deal. Like, no, well, I just think it is, wear it is the protective mandated. equipment. In Hockey Canada, it is mandated. In, in U.S., like, it, 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 my, you have to wear one. My kid is an A high, you know, uh, for hockey, and he's mandated he has to wear a deck guard. Yep. It's just a thing. And mm-hmm. these kids, a lot of kids, college, like all over the place, it's happening. Like, why don't we just continue it? Just grandfather it in. And, well, it, and, People start you know, wearing them. Gate, we were talking earlier about the Falcons, uh, the Falcons Hockey Association in Chicago, uh, who were once known as the Deerfield Falcons. I mean, they had a neck guard rule when I was playing. It was a, it was an organizational rule. You had to wear a neck guard. That was 1991, 1991, 92. And it's, it's really like, you know, for those, I mean, I, you, if any of you saw the Oshi interview after the game, he's like, it didn't, doesn't affect me. I didn't even realize it was there. It's not going to change how you're playing it's not going to change your mental toughness it's not going to change you know I, I these are these are perceptions i mean i'm sure the league went through this when back in the day with helmets with visors with ear protectors with all these things and now we're talking about something that could really threaten your life and i don't i mean other than twitter yahoos i don't really see a whole lot of there's i don't think there's a whole lot of opposition to it um, but I, I don't, I think the NHL will continue to make it player choice. Yeah. Well, eventually I think it's going to become a rule. It's going to be do, like they do with the visors. They do everything slowly in this league mm-hmm. and they, they, they say now everybody new coming into the league is going to have to do this. And like yeah. they, they phased out the guys with no helmets. They phased out the guys with no visors. Got to do that. Like it's, it, that's just the way that it needs to go. It's the, 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 the sport is faster than it's ever been and it's only going to get faster Mm -hmm. and you're going to get things like this happen people fall down on the ice like we've 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 talked about how many different instances where people have been cut by this stuff Mm -hmm. you know by skates 
the only your your only other choice is them not being on ice. So give them the protective equipment to play the game on the ice and just make it mandatory from now on, and that's the way to go. Yeah. Does anybody think the hit was malicious? I think it was very – my opinion is is it was very careless the way he went in on that. Um, there's no way you should go after somebody the way he went. His legs flying all over the place. Yeah, like, yeah. why is that even happening? There, That is very careless. Do I think malicious – you can't really it, – it's going to be the court of public opinion on this one. Yeah. Um, I just think it was very careless. It was careless on the player. That's my opinion. I mean, if he was trying to hit somebody, and I mean, he ended up flying in horizontally, that to me, like you said, is careless. I mean, I, why would anybody just try to even do that? That's. Just, I mean, this isn't WWE. I mean, it's like, you know, what are you doing, a cross body block? I mean, what is this? I, I just – I looked at it, and I'm just like – and somebody said to me, oh, yeah, he had intent uh, to, to injure the guy. And I said, I don't know if, if he lost his balance. I, I don't know enough about it to really say that one way or the other. So, Well, it, it, it's been noted that he's made some dangerous plays before, but nothing like this. It's okay. been dangerous, like hit to the head kind of stuff. Yeah, well, um, he, he in his junior days, he has swung his leg around like that and tripped up a player, and it was a pretty nasty play. Okay. Well, um, if is, that stuff happens, like sure, if you're gonna if you're gonna ban a guy, uh, you know, out of hockey for doing yeah. stuff like that, that's sure, that's great. You don't want you want to discourage that kind of behavior, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm all for that. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely. I don't know. I, I want to be very careful around the word malicious, um, you know, with this incident. If you watch it, I, I do think there's a lot of opinions um, around it. I think that, uh, you know, the the victim's family has voice that they thought that there was intent there. Yeah. Now, not not intent to, you know, obviously, I don't think he was saying, let me get this guy in the neck with my skate. But there was a reckless act that didn't have to happen. Yeah, it was reckless and careless, one hundred percent. Reckless and careless, yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't. It's really like I said. I mean, it was a very sensitive topic. There's going to be so many opinions on it. You know, should, I don't know. I'm, you know opinions just, are like assholes. Everyone has one. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> just just had to lighten the mood. Uh, also, shout out to Clayton and Jacob for the comments. Yeah, Jacob yes. and Clayton, thank you for the comments. Sean, no, thank you for that one. Uh, lighten the mood there oh my god um so at any rate you're gonna see more neck guards folks and 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 rightly so i think that that's uh, i know i say rightly so a lot but uh, and it might not even be neck guards like i said it might be just base layer stuff that's that's cut resistant they have they have socks the t-shirts that just go up higher you know that that yeah there's nothing wrong with that like there's nothing uncool about that the anyone who says any of that stuff is like uncool are the same people who support like hazing and all that stuff that's old school stuff that we learned was bad like this is good like make it you're gonna see a lot of the uh equipment companies also coming out yeah new new technology that's this is just an opportunity for them you know i I don't want to make it a business story but that's what's going to happen so Companies sold out of neck guards after the after the incident. Yeah. They sold out. Yeah, good. So they're going to come good. up with like more innovative ways to wear them, and you know they're going to be like a headband or you know you fancier. Yeah, you get the yeah, going to be like sponsorship on it. Yeah, or, 
something like that. I'm all for all of it. Yeah, yeah. why not? Players say, like, especially in hockey with the concussion protocol, like concussions and, and player safety being such an issue of late. Like, we used to, they used to tell players, like, they, they used to, leaks used to lie to players about concussions. And now people don't want to wear something to protect them from blades. It doesn't make any sense yeah. to anyone. No, so. for sure. No, I mean, every, yeah, it's going to be faster. It's going to be, you know, I don't know. Skates are going to be lighter. There's going to be more bodies flying around. It's just, it, it is going to happen again. And I don't, you know, I, I really don't like the term freak accident. People, oh, it was, you know, it's just a freak accident. Well, you know what folks, freak accidents happen in every facet of life. They happen mm-hmm. and it's going to happen again. There's going to be another mm-hmm. quote unquote freak accident on the ice. And, um, and, and this was, this was, think about this too, guys, this wasn't televised. Like this wasn't, imagine if this happens in the NHL on or hockey night in Canada or something like that. How, how are, how many people watching that are going to see this and have their like lives change forever? How many people watched DeMar Hamlin? DeMar Hamlin. That's exactly what I thought of when you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's got to be like player safety has got to be one of the most important things. Net guards, anything to protect players. Mm-hmm. It's got to be number one priority. And yes, people are going to make a ton of money on it. And more power to those companies capitalizing. Yeah. Good. Keep them safer. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're cheap little trinkets. Like it should be nothing. It's like, you know what? 10 bucks or something. Walk into a pro shop, throw it on. There's nothing to it. it was, man. I saw like the it's so easy. CCM ones were $17.99 on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can, there's, there's all sorts of types and honestly, and, and folks, parents, if you've got kids, the younger you start this, the more used to it they are. And it just becomes a part of getting dressed every day. Mm-hmm. The more you resist, mm-hmm. the more your kid will resist for years to come, throw it on them. I mean, I'm, I know yeah. I'm in the minority, but I would rather them see, I'll wear full face protection. Like I don't want to see guys get hurt. I don't want to see players getting their their teeth knocked out. I don't want to see them getting hit in the face with pucks. I don't want to see eyes being, you know, getting destroyed because of, of stuff like that. I'd rather have them wear cages. Like, you know, they they complain it doesn't look cool or whatever. But like, hey, you know, you got a life after this. Do you want to be able to see? Do you want to be Brian Berard, who you know had his you know eye taken pretty much by a freak accident? Like, I just Mary's I want the players to be healthy. Issues. Yeah, I want the high players to be healthy. I want them to be around for a long time. I want to see these great players play for long periods of their career. That's all I want to see, you know. And um, I think several years ago, NBC executive was upset about the beards, like just be covering their faces. But like beards, like neck uh, face protection, you'd still be able to have like be able to market the player with his actual face as opposed to like the bushy beard covering itself like that. So I think marketing and TV and stuff, I think they'd be for it too, just because it would help them market the game. Yeah. Cause um, I know when my wife watches Patrick Sharp on telecast, she's, she's riveted. So, I mean, Well, after the sixth Sean Fitzgerald comment meant by silence, I think this. <laughs> I put the soundboard away because I knew it, it wasn't even worthy anymore. Oh, well. Yeah, no, right, good well. stuff. Good stuff, Johnny. Good stuff. 
Um, <laughs> all right. Hey, thanks, folks, for joining us tonight. We obviously had a lot to talk about and, and some really good points by all. And um, so the Blackhawks are playing. Except for Sean. Except for Sean. Um, hey, the first topic was fine. I had some good points there. <laughs> so the Blackhawks are against the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Good luck to our poor Hawks. That one might be an ugly one. But let's at least hope some of the kids have good games and uh, and they can carry on. Anyway, uh, on behalf of the Ringcast, Sean, Jeff, Eric, Bardo, I'm Andy Campbell. Everyone have a great night, and we will see you next week. Take care. Corey Perry revenge game tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>